Okay, I've been wrestling a lot this morning uh, with, with this passage for a number of reasons. So just, just think about for a minute. Uh, when, when you think of what you've been taught as a Christian, a Catholic Christian, as a Christian, about the need that we have to forgive people who harm us, who offend us, what, just, just think about this. What is it that you've been taught? Or what is your general understanding of the need that we have as Christians to forgive others? What I think about is, is that we have to forgive everybody without condition. That's, that's what I think of. And maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just wrong about my memory of what I've been taught, but, but I think this is the general, the general case. That, that, well, I just have to forgive everybody even if they don't repent, even if they do repent. And really, it's, it's this first part that, that is what I'm wrestling with, right? What if a person doesn't apologize? What if a person doesn't uh, repent of their sins? Um, do I still have to forgive them? And, and at least what's in my mind, the general disposition that I, that I understand forgiveness to be is that the answer is yes, I have to. What I, what I find interesting um, is, is this. The, the context of what we've got going on. So, so you, you know that I talk about this all the time, that each passage that we read during our Sunday Mass, it, it, it's not meant necessarily to be an isolated passage as though this is the only passage in the entire Bible and, and we shouldn't look at the things around it. But instead, it's the opposite, actually, that there are many times when we read Scripture passages that it's actually very helpful for us to look at the surrounding parts of the Bible, specifically, like, for example, we just read this from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. It would be very helpful for us to look at Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 20, for example, to see, like, oh, what, what is it that leads up to this? What is it that, that, that causes Peter, if anything, that causes Peter to ask the Lord, how many times should I forgive? Right, that, that's a helpful thing. And, and I think, and especially this, this particular case, I mean, there's, there's lots of times where I think it's very helpful. This case is another example where it's very helpful for us. So if you remember, last week when we read our gospel passage, the gospel passage came actually from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. So if you remember what, what the gospel was about last week, well, it was, it was about this, Jesus saying to his disciples, so, so his group of apostles ultimately is who he's speaking to. And he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. How, how did the Jewish people treat Gentiles or tax collectors? Well, they didn't associate with them. So, so what's going on? Well, well, and later on, Jesus, you know, he has them go and evangelize to them. But, but for them to, to hear what he was just saying, okay, well, it sounds like if, if someone commits an offense against me, I'm supposed to actually go tell them. And then if they listen, in other words, if they repent, the, the gospel of Luke is, is even stronger. So uh, Luke has a similar version to this gospel passage. He says this. Well, Jesus says this in the gospel of Luke. He says, um, take heed to yourselves. So in other words, just pay attention. If your brother sins, rebuke him, right? Give him a correction. And if he repents, forgive him. 
And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. So what does it sound like Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying that our forgiving of our brother and or sister and their offense against us, it's actually conditional. That they actually need to repent in order for us to have to have to forgive them. The obligation to forgive someone's offenses against me or against you, it's conditional, it seems like the Bible is telling us. In fact, we, we know this. We know that, that the Christian tradition for its entirety for 2,000 years has been very firm about teaching that not everybody goes to heaven, that there are, there are people that actually go to hell eternally separated from God. We know that God does not forgive the, sin, the sins of those who are in hell. Because if he forgave their sins, they would be in heaven after all. So God himself has a condition on offering forgiveness to us. Now, now maybe, maybe I should rephrase that. He doesn't have a condition on offering it. He has a condition on forgiving us. He offers forgiveness to anybody who's willing to repent of their sins, to come to him and apologize. And of course, we as Catholic Christians, the way that we come to apologize to God for our offenses against him is in the sacrament of reconciliation. Right? This, is, this is part of why I talk so much about how we need to repent of our sins, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation. Not only is it required that we go at least once a year, but, but in addition to that, it's, we have a need for it because if we don't repent, God does not forgive. He offers his forgiveness and, and he, he's, he's happy and he's prepared to give his forgiveness. But if we don't ask him for the forgiveness, he's not going to forgive. And so in the same way, this, this, is, this is where I think I'm, I'm kind of settled on this, this reality of, of Peter asking this question, right? So it's from that place where Jesus, give, he lays out the like, this is how you correct somebody who commits a, an offense against you. You go and you talk to him. And if, if he repents, then you have won over your brother. You've, you've won him over. You can, be, you can be reconciled in a way. So now Peter is asking the question like, okay, well, how many times do I got to do that? Right? Like, if that's the case, like, as many as seven times, and then, then maybe after the seventh time, you know, if my brother sins against me, then I don't have to forgive him anymore. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you don't, Peter, you don't understand. It's, 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 an, it's an exponential amount of, of, of times to forgive. Like, don't bother keeping track is what Jesus is getting at here. But what, I, what, I, what I've been wrestling with is like, okay, but what does this forgiveness look like? So, um, because we also, we, also know, we also know from the cross, while Jesus is hanging on the cross, that he prays. What does he pray? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So there's, there's this tension of, of like Jesus from the cross seems like he's at least praying for their forgiveness. But what I've been reading this morning, I spent a, a good chunk of the morning reading about this because it's like, what, what are we supposed to do? What I've been reading this morning is that, that people, uh, some people, not all people, some people interpret Jesus's prayer from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing as simply a prayer for them and not actually forgiving them. In other words, we could say he's praying that God would give them the grace to repent of their sins. And then once they repent, then God can forgive them of their sins. So what, what I'm kind of settled on is, is that there's, there's like two levels of forgiveness. Level one and level two. It's, it's my own creative name for them. Level one and level two. So level one forgiveness is that if somebody in my life or somebody in your life has committed a sin against us. They've offended us in some way, whether, whether something really small, like, like uh, chewing with their mouth open when you know that, when they know that you don't like 
them chewing with their mouth open. Something really small like that and, and relatively insignificant. Or something seriously grave, you know, like we're talking about like maybe marital infidelity or, or, or like we can, think of, we can think of different politicians who offend us sometimes simply by the way that they act or the way that they speak. Or we can think of different times when maybe some priests or bishops have offended us uh, and, and, and caused serious problems. We know, of course, there's, there's all kinds of examples, unfortunately, in, in the history of the church of priests acting inappropriately, that kind of thing. So we, from the very small type of offenses to the very big type of offenses, there's, when, when, when someone has committed an offense against us, but they have not apologized for it, they haven't repented of it, they seem like they're obstinate in, in like not thinking that it's a big deal or not thinking that it's big, big enough that they would apologize, something like that. So when we're in that place, then we need to have level one forgiveness, which is to say, we want to have the same kind of prayer that Jesus had when he was on the cross. That there is still justice that needs to be dealt with, absolutely. But our, our, our need for justice does not, it doesn't influence our lives in such a way that we become vengeful, that we become wrathful, right? This, this first reading that we had, uh, wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance. Uh, a more, uh, slightly more literal translation of that says, he that takes vengeance will suffer vengeance from the Lord. So in other words, it's okay for us when people offend us uh, in, in various ways, and of course we always want to be realistic about it, but, but nonetheless it's okay for us to demand, actually, that justice play itself out. Sometimes there are consequences to the actions that people have committed against us. And, and it's okay for us, actually, to demand that justice take place, especially if those people have not repented, especially if those people are not... They're not showing any sign of remorse or, or anything like that. Whether it's a public sin and there's no public sign of repentance or whether it's a private sin and there's no private coming to you and apologizing. It's okay that we actually request God to be just in that situation. But when we try to take matters into our own hands, when we try to take vengeance, our, our anger, our hurt, it, it's such a strong feeling that, that we can't help but control ourselves and we try to take things into our own hands, that's, that's where we can slide out of that level one forgiveness and, and be totally lost, actually. And we ourselves then need to be called to repentance. But instead, if we can try to keep our emotions in check, even while acknowledging that we feel them, right? I feel anger toward a person who has offended me. And sometimes that's okay. I feel sadness or, or extreme hate feelings uh, when someone has offended me. And sometimes that's okay. But when, those, when that anger or that extreme sadness, it takes over and I start acting out of that place, then that's, that's not a place where God is. But instead, if I can recognize my anger, my hurt, my, my whatever, and I can just simply find a way to say, Jesus, this is what I'm feeling, but in your name, I ask you to bring this person to conversion. And even if they won't convert Jesus, I'm going to entrust them to your justice. I'm going to let you give them what they owe, what they are owed. And what's, what's difficult about being in level one forgiveness, which is that this person is not repentant, what's difficult is that a lot of times, many times, in fact, people are not going to be given what they're owed during this life. People who have offended us, sometimes in the most grave kind of ways, they won't be given what they're owed until they're judged by God. And that can be difficult because we want them to get what they deserve now, when in fact they maybe won't get what they deserve until eternity. That can be hard. 
And so that's, that's a place to really pray and ask the Lord, just like Jesus, Jesus, help me. Help me be okay with that. Help me be okay with you delivering justice when the time is right. Because if we can't get to that place, then we're not even in level one forgiveness. And that's, that's, a, that's a tough place to be. The Lord actually, in so many ways, it seems like the gospel really demands that we at least be in level one forgiveness, where we can pray either for people's conversion or we can just simply entrust them to God's mercy, whatever that's gonna look like for them. Which again, entrusting them to God's mercy is not necessarily, we're, we're, in no way are we saying that their harm that they've done to us is okay. We're not saying that at all. But instead, we're acknowledging that their harm done to us was severe or strong and that we trust that God's going to give them what they deserve, which might be eternal hell. But that's not for us to decide. That's for the Lord to decide. That's like level one forgiveness, where we make the choice to pray for them. We make the choice to, to love our enemies insofar as we desire God to give them what is best. But then from there, what happens if someone sins against me and it's, it's hurtful and they come and they apologize to me, they repent to me? Well, then I have to move from level one forgiveness to actually level two forgiveness, which is a deeper kind of forgiveness where, where I say to this person the same thing that the master said to the servant the first time around, which is ultimately saying, you don't owe me anything. I forgive you the loan. I forgive you the debt that you owe to me. Which again, can actually be a really difficult place to be. Because I don't always want to let go of the pain. I don't always want to let go of the anger that someone has caused to me. And yet, if I'm going to be like Jesus, not only am I going to be ready to forgive, but then when a person actually comes to repent, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to say, you know what, you don't, you don't owe me anything. I, I forgive this to you because... Because God has forgiven me my sins. Right? This, this is the whole thing, is that if I, don't, if I don't understand the weight of my sins on the shoulders of Jesus while he's hanging on the cross, then I'm not ever going to be able to get to level two forgiveness. I'm not even really going to be able to get to level one forgiveness. It's only from within the proper context that I have to understand that aside from what God has done in the person of Jesus, I myself deserve eternal hell and you yourself deserve eternal hell. But because of what God has done in the person of Jesus, and because you have been brought to a place of repentance, if you've been brought to a place of repentance, then he forgives your debt. He forgives your eternal punishment that you deserve so that you can embrace and receive eternal life. So then it's from that place of just like, oh my God, I can't believe he did this for me. I can't believe, like, I don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve heaven. And yet, this is the scandal of the cross, that we kill Jesus. And in response to that, he forgives all of those who let their eyes be opened to repentance. <laughs> I don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. And yet he gives it. So then from that place of incredible awe and wonder and shock maybe from that place we can be willing to actually forgive those who come to repent to us for their offenses which are much smaller that their offenses against us a lot of times don't deserve our eternal wrath sometimes like i said people can can harm us in serious ways and in those places like that's where forgiveness can be most difficult 
Yet, if we can always keep in proper context the death and resurrection of Jesus, and therefore the forgiveness of our sins, then we might be able to get to this level two forgiveness. It's, it's, it's so important for us to understand this. So, so anyway, this is, this is kind of where I'm at um, to, to understand. So what, what I propose for us uh, this, this morning is just a simple bit of reflection. To, to, not, to not ever just simply gloss over those times when people have harmed you. Again, whether, whether those people are, are your parents, those people are uh, your, your specific parents, your mom or your dad, whether those people are your, your in-laws, your sister-in-law, your brother-in-law, your parents-in-law, whether those people are your own siblings, whether those people are, are friends, whether those people are complete strangers, whether those people have been priests or presidents or bishops or popes or foreigners, whatever, to not gloss over any times when you have been harmed, again, whether in small ways or in very serious ways to not gloss over them, but instead simply to spend some time reflecting on them. Am I able at least to get to level one forgiveness this morning with those who have not apologized to me? Am I able to get to a place where I can, in the name of Jesus maybe, where maybe on my own I can't, but if I call on the help of Jesus, then maybe I can get to a place where I just say, Jesus, I entrust this person to your mercy and I ask for their, their conversion. Can, can you get to that place? And for those who have harmed you and who have apologized, or, or the next time that happens, and you feel that sort of like you want to clench your fists and you don't want to say those words, are you able to get to a place where by calling on the name of Jesus, you can say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you. You don't owe me anything. Because this, this is at the heart of the gospel. This is at the heart of Jesus' teaching. If, if we're not able to get to this place, then, then that means every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're kind of lying to the Lord, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that's, that's whether we're in level two or level one. Now, now, sometimes what can happen is we might be in level one forgiveness. This will be the last thing. We might be in level one forgiveness, and there's actually no way for a person to come and repent to us. There's no way, whether because they've passed or because we'll never meet again, there's no way for a person to, to come and repent. And so I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get to level two forgiveness. And as far as the mandate of the gospel goes, that's okay. Sometimes what can happen is the Lord can work a mighty work inside of our hearts so that if that person has passed away or if that person will never ever be in our lives again, sometimes he can bring us by his grace to a place of level two forgiveness for those people where we can just simply in our prayer say, you know what, Lord? They don't owe me anything. And he's still going to be just to them as they deserve. But I'm just saying, they don't owe me anything. And so I'm willing to let go of the anger. I'm willing to let go of the sadness, of the hurt, of the pain. Jesus, in your name, I'm willing to let go of all of it. And I pray for mercy for them, actually. That's, that's a powerful place to be. Um, but we need God's grace. We need God's help. And so, of course, he gives us his body, his blood, his soul and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. Uh, and so, so maybe you can reflect on that. And especially as you receive Holy Communion this morning, um, you can maybe ask for that powerful grace in your life.